Welcome to the Superintend Podcast. I'm Idaho Superintendent of Public Instruction, Debbie Kirchfield. Our new podcast is a way to highlight important issues in education, success stories in our state, and discuss the work we do at the Idaho Department of Education. Each episode is about 10 minutes long, so we call it the Superintend. We're continuing our conversation with Gideon Tolman. Gideon is the department's CFO and is instrumental in our budgeting process. In the last episode, we talked about how public schools are funded in Idaho. On this episode, we're going to discuss some proposed changes and get back to that state look. Gideon, welcome back to the Superintend podcast. Now, to help facilitate this conversation, our communications director, Scott Graff, has also been wrangled in to help us. Hi, Scott. Well, hello. I'm happy to be wrangled in. So as we planned this uh, portion of our discussion, Debbie, we ultimately decided that you have uh, a lot to say and that we would probably be asking you as many questions as you would be asking Gideon. So I don't know uh, if that sounds good or not. But yeah. Thus my presence here. So in the first conversation, the two of you talked about the way Idaho has traditionally funded public schools. But Debbie, there are some proposed changes on the table. This goes back to something that you have wanted to to update for a long time. Can you tell folks exactly what what is afoot over the last few months? I'm going to use the term modernize, modernize our school funding uh, to be in alignment and coordinated with what our schools are actually doing. I, I think some of these things were on the horizon uh, when when COVID uh, fell upon us, and some of those things got accelerated and accentuated. And as we we step away from that and and get into you know normal routines, I guess so to speak, we've been hearing for quite a while that uh, there is a lot of money coming into education, but is it being directed and is it uh, matched with uh, the the goals and priorities that we have for our students, not only at the local level but at the state level. So one of the things you have said through this process is that, uh, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe in 2024, the current funding formula will turn 30 years old, which (laughs) you have noted that public education looks a lot different in 2023 and 2024 than it did in 1994. But what's an example of something that the current formula is not necessarily meeting the need with? Well, gosh, it's hard for me to just pinpoint one. a lot of the, the, the definitions that we have in place are frankly older than um, 30 years. How we define attendance, that we're thinking that's closer to 60 years. And, and 60 years ago, that, that probably was a great fit. And so as we, we look at clarifying, providing more transparency, uh, simplifying uh, the way that, that we fund schools at the state level so that it's, it's more uh, clear as to where they need to go, I mean, it, it's just a win-win across the board. And so we're as we look at ways to provide locally elected boards to match uh, the, the needs and um, the interests of their local community, you can feel like you have more money when you have access to your own money. And, and trying to find that right blend. There are things that we want schools across the state. We want that uniformity. We want everyone to make sure they're spending money on teachers and that they're, they're using their, their gas money to bus their kids to school. But then there's some other areas where I think we can, as a state, loosen up more and say, hey, this is going to look very different from north to south in our state. We're going to give you the opportunity uh, to do what you were elected to do. 
So, Gideon, you have had a front row seat to a, a process that started over the summer, and I should point out to our, our listeners, we're having this discussion a few weeks ahead of the legislative session getting underway. There's a reason we're talking about this now, but what we're talking about in this episode actually started back in June, I believe. Gideon, can you share a little bit about some of the, the work that has been done in the last few months? You bet. Uh, over the last several months, we've convened um, a, a, a group of folks who have um, who are interested in helping move this effort forward, which consisted of legislators and uh, folks from different associations, like the school boards association, the teachers union, the administrator school administrators association. Pretty much anyone you could think of who has um, an interest uh, in in school funding, and have met several times with those folks to talk through some of the issues the superintendent brought up. How do we address these? How do we modernize funding? When, as as Superintendent Critchfield said, the last major rewrite to the school funding formula was almost 30 years ago. And that was before, you know, a lot of our charter schools or virtual programs or um, a lot of dual enrollment or shared career technical. We see that, you know, in, in greater degrees as well. Right. And so with this group that we've convened over these last several months, we've talked through all of those things and to say, say, what's the problem? What are some potential solutions? How can we build that into a budget request to take to the legislature with some policies attached to it so that we can try to move forward with a funding formula and a a, a system uh, um, and a budget that better reflects where we're at today? So I would I would just add really quickly one one thing that we've also heard we see more and more supplemental levies we talked about that in the in the previous episode how those come about and and those are local taxes and we're hoping that as as we modernize uh, this process and this way of calculating what schools need that we will see less of those around the state. I have been in some of those meetings. Those were big groups around big tables in big rooms. And I didn't hear anyone say, Debbie, you're the only one that is looking at this situation this way. There were some very robust conversations about the things that needed to be changed and the way in which they needed to be uh, changed. This is a process that, that September 1st was a really, really important juncture in this timeline. Can you share what, what was the significance of September 1st ahead of the upcoming session? Well, there's a, a statutory requirement um, that the Department of Education have a, a budget uh, turned in as, as a, the, here's where you're going to go. And I would add that we did formally uh, convene a group this summer, but this is something that we've been talking about at, at this office uh, since I got here in January, and frankly, something I've been talking about for many years. And we have some great legislative partners. Uh, The co-chairs of the committee were Senator Den Hartog and Representative Foreman. They've also had a keen interest in this over the years. And so we were able to get get a group of people together that this wasn't 101. This was a kind of a master's level group that got together because we've all been looking at it to say, hey, we think we've got the right things in place. 
and and we've have a lot of experience, a lot of interest in this. Let's build something uh, that we think will help our districts. For all of the work that went into the process on September 1st, that budget proposal uh, that was sent to the governor's office that will ultimately uh, end up in the legislative process, because of that work, how does that look different? What, from a, an X's and O's standpoint, will be different in this budget request than what we've seen over the last 29 years? Well, how it's organized, I'll, I'll kick that off, Gideon, if that's okay. Um, 30 years ago, it was organized in a way and laid out that there were seven different uh, buckets of money, and, and we're looking at collapsing those to, to make it uh, a little simpler. And really, to, for anyone that looks at it, that you didn't have to get a PhD in finance and then, you know, I don't know, rub a crystal ball to try to figure out how all of these things work. We would really like to make it so simple that someone could say, here was the money the state put in. Here's the money that went out to districts. And here is how they spent it. And and so just the look of it will, will be different. We're also looking at... Um, uh, getting money in, propose, we've proposed money uh, that will uh, fund districts based on outcomes. Go figure. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that that's, you know, that that's why we exist is Meaning for outcomes for kids. the success of the students is tied to funding. Uh, right. Yeah. And and to, to do that in, in a way that's manageable, um, that, you know, the whole budget isn't based on that. But I think that this is a really incremental approach to be able to doing that. Um, we're looking at um, how we have more accountability within the system, um, how we're also accounting for students that cost a little bit more money. And we know that that special ed students, they, they cost more money, but districts have had to offset that. Um, and so again, knowing that this is a, a deeper conversation, though, those are some of those highlights that, that we're looking at. Gideon, you're shifting papers around. <laughs> I, was, I would just add one thing to the um, where we're putting, trying to put more money to students who, who have greater needs, such as our special ed students or our economically disadvantaged students. One of the conversations that has gone on for, for years is, can we move to a, a per student funding model? And this budget request that the legislature will consider here in the next few months reflects that. And so, so we, want to see, you know, if we can keep our core operations, but also have this weighted per student model as well to address um, some of those higher needs in each district and charter as well. Superintendent, what does the process look like from here? Well, we'll, we'll, uh, well, we have been hitting the road, having conversations um, with legislators that are on the finance committee, and we'll talk to legislators on both Senate and House Ed so they understand how we got here. This wasn't me, and we've we've called that out. It was a big room with a lot of people over time, uh, lots of ideas that we, we try to put together to say we're putting our best foot forward, and we think that this is uh, the, the way to go. So we'll have those uh, conversations with, with key legislators. And we'll also um, continue to work with business managers. We're also sharing this everywhere we go. We're, I mean, we're proud of the work. And this was a lot of work. And, and we think um, that this is how we get that alignment, how we create more local control. And frankly, how districts will feel as though they have more money without having to continually put large chunks of, of money into education. So bottom line, as we wrap up, why is this important to me as a, a taxpayer, a, a local school district patron? Why do I care about these changes? This is how your local district will receive their funds. And this is then how it turns around to be in the classroom, how they hire teachers, whether or not you go on field trips, 
whether or not you have a gifted and talented program, whether or not you can have, you know, all, all the academic and extracurricular things. And so what happens at the, the state level, you got to keep an eye on that because that is what determines the money at the local level. Okay. Superintendent, any final thoughts? Uh, we might have to do 10 more episodes of this. And then when people can't sleep at night, they'll be like, let's queue up the finance podcast again. No, th this is really important. And coming off of a legislative session where we saw more investments go into education and, and to hear districts say, well, but I still didn't feel like we were able to do this or that. We don't want, I don't want those disconnects anymore. We want them to say, thank you for that money. We feel as though we're able to do what we need to do. Okay. Gideon, final thoughts? We will see the results of all of this at the end of the legislative session. And that's when we'll know um, what we need to do moving forward to continue to um, help our, our funding structure and our support to schools as we continue on. Very good. Gideon Tolman, that's his voice, the CFO here at the Idaho Department of Education. Gideon, thank you. You bet. Thanks for having me. And of course, Superintendent of Public Instruction, Debbie Critchfield. Debbie, thank you. And thank you, Scott. <laughs> So if you missed their first conversation between Gideon and Debbie about how we fund public schools in our state, you can find that episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, as well as the department's website, which is sde.idaho.gov. The Superintend Podcast is produced by the Idaho Department of Education. Thank you for listening.